Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Thank you for downloading the Manchester Football Social, everybody. Um, It was a brilliant show today. Quite a lot of talking points. We talked about City in the first section. We had two callers on, brothers... Uh, you might recognise one of them. He's quite famous. Yeah, the other one's got a pub, who I'm more interested in. <laughs> oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And yeah. also, as well, shocking admission coming up from the man in red today. Yeah, you've got a City weight up on. You're also wearing oh, red. Yeah. <laughs> I'm colourblind. It doesn't count. Uh, and then uh, we're going to do a little quiz at the end. But anyway, here's the show. Enjoy it. Manchester Football Social. This is the place to be for all your football chat. My microphone's got a mind of its own. It's just spinning around. Uh, I'm Ant McGinley with a dodgy microphone. I'm a City fan and opposite me, a very tense and nervous Man United fan in the shape of Alex Boardman. Yes, I'm tense and nervous because United and Chelsea are currently 1-1. United were winning that game as well and then De Gea has just dropped yet another clanger. uh, Was was it awful? Not awful, awful. Not as bad as some of the... He's more than capable of saving it. Uh, anyway, elsewhere in other news, City also very nervous today. Mate, don't even talk to me. <laughs> they crept past Burnley. Um, they're now one point clear at the top. There's two games left. Who's going to slip up first? Uh, and I think the number 29 is really, really important for a couple of reasons. Yeah. Uh, 29 years, of course, since Liverpool won the league. Yeah. Uh, and also 29 millimetres. Yeah, that's how close it was. Aguero's goal only being given by goal line technology. But at the same time, just before that, there was an incident with a blatant handball, which wasn't picked up, seen by the referee, which yeah. VAR would have picked up. It wasn't but. that blatant, I don't think. The Ashley Barnes, I think it was. Yeah. Carl Ashley Barnes. That, that's that's not for us to decide. That's for you to have your word. So oh three four five triple one seventy six twenty five. If you want to give us a call, or you can uh, text us. It's eight double seven double one or at MCR Footy Social. Yeah. So do we have a caller on? Uh, we do. I think we've got Colin right here. Colin. Hello, pal. Uh, Alex says it wasn't a blatant handball. What are you saying? Oh, that's ridiculous, Alex. <laughs> I wouldn't have given it, put it like that, and I'd have dis- I mean, he, he lent into it. That was It wasn't just fault of hand. He, he, he lent into that one. It was definitely a handball. Yeah, the bear in mind that Alex is saying it wasn't, and then this is the Man United fan that was championing the PSG handball that got them the penalty. Yeah, Remember that, that? That was. That was a handball. <laughs> that was a handball. What happened with City today, Colin? I only saw the second half. Um, looked, in a way, similar to the United game midweek. City, I heard, didn't turn up, didn't play very well in the first half. That true? Uh, 
I don't know if it's, if it's that or, or more. You know, Burnley are very, very good defensively. The 11 men behind the ball, it was such a tough game. Yeah, they, they, um, they defended brilliantly. It was, fantastic, it was fantastic for them, but it was horrible to watch. Um, just purely because it was... Until that goal, I mean, justice anyway because of the handball, but uh, I just think... It was just an awful watch. I've got no nails left. Yeah, it, uh, to be honest, I, I've, I've been like that for the, for the last couple of weeks, really. And even after we beat Spurs on Saturday, I, I didn't really celebrate. I was like, yes, at the whistle. And then 30 seconds later, I just went back to this state of tension because of where we are right now. And so... Uh, yeah, we, we, we were here. In fact, I, just put, I, I, I remember, bro, I watched it with our Jason, so I'll just... Yeah. Andy Bover. Hello, Jason. Yeah. Hi, mate. How are you? I'm very well. So, are you in the same camp as your brother, then? Are you absolutely in bits, got no nails left? No, I'm pretty uh, I'm pretty cool and calm. I think it's uh, just <laughs> just plowing through the end of the season now, just just grinding it out. And we shouldn't, you know, we've actually got the easy run now compared to, I mean, I wouldn't fancy playing Newcastle at St. James's Park. No. Um, you yes. know, they've got a tougher, tougher run now. Haven't you got Leicester next game? Is that not oh, a way? No, we've got Leicester Le- at home on Leicester Monday. Leicester at home, all right, okay. So we've got Leicester and then Brighton, last game of the season. I think, I've got, I don't think Liverpool will win another game now. I think that's it. I think Newcastle will do them and Whoa. I think Wolves will do them. That's Quite- what I think. I'm Quite a statement. And what are you yeah, basing that on? <laughs> just like a gut feeling? Just because that's what I really want. Yeah, no, that's good. Jason, uh, can, can I just say, Jason, wherever you are, whatever you're doing, can I have what you're drinking? You're currently calm and you think Liverpool aren't going to get another point. Lovely. I, just, I think Wolves are, Wolves are good and they play well against the top teams and I think Newcastle's a tough place to go to. So um, I think if they get one point out of the next two games, I think they should be very happy with that. Wow! Uh, wow! And they've done very and they've done very well this season. I, th- I think you know for plucky underdogs, I think they've done <laughs> crap just really well, and they should be very proud of themselves. Are you are you going to be able to like properly celebrate when if we do win it? Or are you kind of like is it going to be a weird thing? Or is it going to be like oh that was close? Yeah, I think so. I think it's what, what I'll tell you what I've actually enjoyed. I've enjoyed the fact that. For the whole time, you know, you keep getting this. Oh, they spend you spend all this money and you win, and it's spoiling football. Has it spoiled football, or is actually has this been one of the best seasons in recent memories? I don't know. Probably you know. from probably from your point of view, I'd imagine you. Yeah, from a point of view, it's exciting, isn't it, to go to the last game of the season? Yeah, yeah, and also some of the you football. Know. To be fair, because I'm first and foremost, I'm a football fan, and the football has gone up a level, but it just, it really does feel that. I'm surprised Burnley was this close today. I I thought you'd go there and win about 4-0, and that's the feeling before every City game I have really, when they play, um, like, Huddersfield, or Wolves even, or West Ham, and you're like, oh, they're just going to murder him. I just don't don't see the... It's not as big a competition. But that's the beauty of football, isn't it? You know, we still got beat by... Um, we got beat by Palace. Yeah, uh, Newcastle did us. You know, yeah, so that was a great time of the season. Why could it not stay like that? <laughs> but that's what's great about you know it doesn't it don't really I mean it does matter how much money you spend on on players of course it does but football will always surprise you well you know because who's gonna whoever turns up on the day you know and yeah. which version of that player you get and you know so that's why it's always exciting and you know you have to look at the fact four. English teams made it so far in, in, into the Champions League, you know, to see the quality has improved tenfold, you know, in this country. So with the Champions League, then, uh, would yeah. you, if you were given the choice three That's months ago, would you have took the league or the Champions League? 
think retain. I mean, I think retaining the Premiership is is massive, and 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 actually having you know still being with a chance to win that domestic treble, which is looking likely. Fingers crossed, you know. Um, I think that's that's great, and obviously it's disappointing to go out of the Champions League, especially against Spurs, because you know we got that was like a buy into the next round, really. Yeah, that's what so, everybody thought, but yeah, you know, exactly. So you know, fair play, they won it. Happy days. Um, but then I, I don't know. Would we would we have beat a Barcelona? You know, would, I don't know. So another se- another season, see what happens. But again, I think it just it keeps it open. And it just keeps the argument of. You know, well, you just bought you just bought the you know the, the best players, so it's not fair. Well, actually, <laughs> we still got beat by these other these other teams, so it still keeps it all fresh. And, uh, but it would be nice. I'd like to go to. I'd like to go to a Champions League final. That'd be nice. Yeah, nice I'm, I, I'm still trying to track down that guy. You remember that guy who had the tattoo done about six years ago on his leg? Uh, Man City uh, European Cup champions 2012, 2013. I think he got to put it on his leg. Wow. And, uh, yeah. He was in the evening news, not seen him since. He probably gets it adjusted every year and just changes the date. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah just keep, keeps running it <laughs> So, you just said, you said it's looking like the the domestic treble. So let me ask you, without trying to sound like a t- typical pessimistic Man City fan, uh, but if if it comes up, we just miss out on the league and it all goes wrong at Wembley, and is this season yeah, a disaster? Up, well, yeah, it is. If we, if we end up with just a League Cup now and, uh, and, the, and the Charity Shield, of course. Yeah. Uh, and we've already won the double, technically. Um, is... Uh, yeah, I'd say it was a disaster. Yeah, if we, if we, if, if when you're in the driving seat like this, you've got a, you know, a, a much lower team in the the FA Cup in the final. I mean, we've been done by Wigan before, haven't we? So mm. yeah, and that's another know, team with a W, which I keep saying, which really worries me. That is that's how football works as well. Yeah, yeah, it's exactly. <laughs> um, so, uh, so yeah, so I would say that would I would count that as a disaster. Yeah, if we now only finish with the League Cup. <laughs> Jason, uh, thank you very much, and thanks to your brother Colin as well for coming on and having a chat with us. Catch you later. Yeah, thanks. See you both. Well, there you go. A very, very relaxed City fan, which is not what I'm expecting at the minute, especially as what I'm experiencing is a constant state of apprehension. Very relaxed City fan. Wonder why that could be. I will just put one hypothesis out there. Colin owns a pub. Oh, okay. <laughs> That's all I'll say about that one. There you go. Well, they've obviously got something very good on draft. Yeah. It seems to possibly. Be possibly. I was very calm for you on your behalf. I know I've not got a stake, a vested interest. I don't I don't care really if City win, Liverpool win the league. I'm I'm so fed up of this season now that I just want it over and I don't care. But I didn't think for one second City would lose that game. Can we rewind a couple of days? Um, because obviously it was the derby on Wednesday. Yeah, We've not again, seen each other. Uh, yeah, I didn't, each other I didn't think you'd lose that one either. Half time in both games was nil nil, which is yep. unusual for City because a lot of the time this season, first five, ten, twenty minutes has been all out, mm. get a goal, get a couple of goals, and then just knock it about a bit. That's kind of been the way that they've they've played. Um, I was pretty nervous on on Wednesday night at half time. Were you thinking that you were in with a shot? Do you know what what? was really pleasing for me was it was the first time in a few weeks that we'd really shown up and especially after the abysmal Everton performance last week that was just shocking as bad as anything that's happened since Ferguson left it was just woeful um and it, United didn't create many chances that's the problem 
I suppose that's playing against City, though. City are great at tracking the, the ball back and things. But I thought, do you know what? This feels like a real derby game. Yeah. We're 100% committed to to just, like, having a real go. And then we came out in the second half. I thought Pogba looked injured for the first five, six minutes of that, that half. He just seemed to not be able to move, and then he got involved in a tackle, and it carried on for another five minutes. But the players just didn't look fit. It was like two different teams. And I don't know if if City went so much better, or United just dropped off, but the the difference in, like, the application from the United players, they just didn't look bothered. And that's what that's what I think is for most United fans has been the absolute worst thing about this season is when some of the players just don't look like they care. Well, I think for City today, and, and even on, on Wednesday night, and, and to be honest, to be fair, last Saturday at home against Tottenham, there was a couple of players out there that looked to- looked tired, which yeah, is great. I think everybody's tired. Denver. World Cup yeah. year in. Uh, but I think it's getting to. I think the, the the tension, the whole thing of the season, the pressure that's on, the fact to constantly be delivering. And ev- you know, there's, when was the last time either of us, either of our teams, had a game that didn't really matter? Well, no, <laughs> no, exactly. I mean, because United have supposedly going for this top four, but it seems none of the top four are really going for it, are they? I mean, any one of them, if they'd have won two games in the last three, <laughs> the last three, yeah. they'd, they'd already be pretty much guaranteed it. This week has been awful for all of like, Arsenal have lost three times in a week. Yeah. And they've lost, by th- they've conceded three goals in each time, something they've not done since the 60s. No, Tottenham went down 1-0 yesterday to West Ham at home in the brand new stadium. Yeah. Um, Chelsea really look like they've been given a lifeline here. I'm just trying to see how long's left. There's about five minutes left. It's still 1-1. But Chelsea were not in that game. I'm glad you're paying your full attention to the radio show. That <laughs> I am. I'm not looking. <laughs> if but you want to get in and give your opinions on it, 0345-111-7625. Me and Alex are here for, uh, well, and, uh, for about an hour. And we do that every Sunday. And you can also get in uh, at MCR Footy Social. So I've got a reason for you. Sorry, okay. I meant to say this before. Why I think it looks a bit like City might have struggled the last couple of games. Because... Without doubt, your player of the season is Sterling. Right. And he's just been in... I'd say, I'd say Bernardo Silva's given him close. a close run for his money. Yeah. Yeah. He's been in phenomenal form, though. And he's unpl- he is unplayable uh, at the minute, Sterling, because he's so quick and he's so low to the ground. Um, and against United, he, for whatever reason, wasn't quite at it. I think he could have scored in the first half. Um, didn't. And Ashley Young sort of got the better of him. And against Burnley today, I, didn't, I, didn't, I don't even know if he played, actually. I only oh, watched no, the Sterling, Sterling did play. But he, he wasn't noticeably like bombing forward, wasn't he? Getting the ball and he, yeah, he, he seemed yeah, more down he, Silver's side. He, down he, the had, city he right had a few. Side. He had a few moments, and, and it was at, at one point it was kind of because we had Silver and uh, uh, and Bernard, we had Bernardo, Sterling, and Sane all on at the same time, mm. and uh, Aguero up front, and then Jesus came on. And he was playing like a left wing position as well. And Jesus, and not so long after we had that that goal line decision in favour of us, there was a second potential goal line yeah, decision with that. an amazing clearance by a former City boy, Ben Mee. Yeah. Well, the other thing with City that I think is noticeable, and it, it's going back to like United title winning teams. So when when Sterling, Sterling's been phenomenal. Player, City's player of the year for me, player of the year as well for me. Um, but he's not been... He's, he's not been his phenomenal self for the last couple of games. Sure. Fair enough. Aguero today comes in, steps up. Uh, Silver in the derby and Sané. And that's the thing is there's more than 
one option. In fact, there's more than two or three options. Whereas United, when we've been struggling for the, these last 10 games, if Rashford's not scoring, you're looking around at the team and going, well, where are the goals coming from? You know, Pogba's chipped in with a couple of penalties, but you don't go, oh, Rashford will play well for five games if he has an off game, Lukaku will step up. It's been the opposite for us when no one's really stepping to the fore. So that's why you have to, I, I think Liverpool as well, to be fair to Liverpool, Mane and Salah in the last few sort of six weeks have both just gone to a different level as well. So he's quite an intriguing title race to watch from afar. I'm just pulling up now, having a quick look at the uh, leading go goal scorers in the right. Premier League this season. Has Aguero got 20? Uh, because Aguero has now got on to uh, 20 today. I think Liverpool for the first time with Mane and Salah have got two players... Uh, both over 20. I'm just trying to get the top scorers up here. Yep. So there we go. So Salah's currently on 21 goals with eight assists as well. Yep. Uh, Aguero just one behind with the same number of assists. Mane on 20 as well. And then you've got Aubameyang, uh, which is really good considering the season Arsenal are having with 19. And then Jamie Vardy got two goals today as well. So Did he get two? I saw he, one. He, he got two. He scored one at the end. And Sterling's not far behind as well. So potentially we're going to end the season with the top two clubs with two players over 20 goals. Yeah. I'm just looking at this list, and I'm scrolling down, and the who the closest... Rashford, probably, is he? No, it's not oh, Rashford. Lukaku with 13, is it? No, it's Pogba with 13. Pogba, 13. And I think both Rashford and Lukaku have both got 10 league goals each. Yeah, at least. Think, yeah. So th we got three players in that. The thing is, we've just not been scoring. We've had a lot of nils, and we've played a lot of really bad football before Solskjaer arrived as well. And the, th the thing is, there's all this talk has been, because you're on a terrible run at the minute. You're, yep. you, to be honest, we started this show end of November, start of December. Mm -hmm. So just after the, the first derby at, M at Main Road, at uh, Main Road, at the Etihad, and just before uh, Mourinho got booted, right? Yep. And at the time... You were miserable. It wasn't playing well. No, no. And, and then you've kind of had this honeymoon period for for a couple of months. And yeah. we're kind of back where we were then, as far as you are emotionally. Kind of, yeah. Kind and, of. I don't I, think it's as bad. No. But, um, and there's, there were signs today from what I saw the game in the first half that, you know, they, they turned the corner again and they were all trying and they're all putting in. But um, it's not. It's just not. It's not great. The it's thing is, great. the thing is, because of where we're at, there's a lot of talk at the minute about needing to clear out, needing to get rid of. And we we talked last week about Gary Neville, and he mm -hmm. was calling players Japanese knotweed. Mm -hmm. um, and you know, he didn't actually go on to name them, but it was pretty clear that Pogba was one of the players. Possibly, who was I think Pogba's was one that was yeah. fifty fifty. Lukaku, I think, was definitely yeah. one. Martial, definitely. Now the thing is. Pogba and, and, and Lukaku are your two top scorers this season in yeah, the yeah. league. Um, and so where's, you know, if you get if you do get rid of them, if somebody comes in, buys them, takes them away because they're on big money and there's a big expensive payout, who's going to step up? Is Rashford going to do it? Possibly. They're going to buy it. They're going to buy it anyway, aren't they? I think if any... If Pogba goes, the money you'll get of him will buy two or three players. Uh, Lukaku, you'll probably buy one or two. Um, there's a couple of decent... Um, there's a couple of decent like prospects, Gomez and Greenwood, and also Chong, who plays on the right hand side. Uh, it, come, you know, coming through. I think this is. I, th I think we need a plan. I think we've suffered for the last few years of having different managers, and there doesn't seem to be a an identity. And I think that was the first thing Solskjaer tried to reintroduce. Uh, look, we're United. We attack. We play this way. And to also be fair to him during this bad run. 
Today's the first time Herrera's been available since he wimped off against Liverpool. So the bad run coincides with that. He was playing, Solskjaer was playing for this good run, the same team every week. And this is the first time he's been able to put that same midfield back together since the Liverpool game. So all those defeats, the you know, Wolves, uh, Arsenal away, Everton, City, the Barcelona games, he didn't have Herrera and Matic. And Matic was kind of revitalised under uh, under Solskjaer and it shows how just kind of how important he is because he's one of those players that when under Mourinho just looked like oh he's so slow and he, he shouldn't have been given another season but he, he, he's he been good he's been really good with the exception of one game which was Everton last week so I don't know I honestly don't know what the, the answer is I'm pretty sure that De Gea is not helping matters at the minute His we're going to talk about that next if you want to get in touch and uh, share your thoughts with us please do 87711 on the text or 0345 treble one seventy six twenty five. is it time to drop David De Gea. Uh, we'll chat more about that next on the Manchester Football Social. Manchester Football Social. Subscribe to the podcast now and never miss a show. Manchester Football Social. This is the Manchester Football Social with Manchester United fan Alex Boardman. Hi there, and City fan Anthony McGinley. Good evening, how are you? Um, it's been a stressful time today, I think, for both City and United fans, and here's why. Well, stressful for you because you're in the title race. You are now one point clear of Liverpool because you beat Burnley 1-0. Woo! In, in a tense game mm-hmm. with a goal that went 29 millimetres over the line, scored by Sergio Aguero, I believe. Yep. In fact, I know it was because obviously I transferred him out pre-Derby <laughs> and didn't put him back in. Oh, dear. Um, United and Chelsea, there's about 20, 30 seconds left in the game. They're currently 1-1. Look like a really improved United performance. However, at 1-0 up with about five minutes to go in the first half, De Gea dropped a bit of a clanger. And Chelsea equalised. And that is not the first clanger he has dropped this season. It's not the first clanger he's dropped this month. And it's not even the first clanger he has dropped this week. So here's my question. Yeah. Is it time that Man United dropped David De Gea? 0345 Yeah, I don't know. We did mention this, didn't we, a couple of weeks ago? Because um, the Wolves, uh, the one of the Wolves games, I can't remember if it was the FA Cup game, he was at fault. Um, in the Wolves game. He was also very much at fault in the Arsenal game. The Arsenal game was huge with regards to the top four. Um, Then he was at fault when there was still a glimmer of hope against Barcelona uh, and he was at fault against City. Not massively, massively culpable, but, you know, he could have saved the one he... We we would have only been 1-0 down and he went to save it with his feet and it just ricocheted in off his shin. And then the same thing today. It's not a a difficult save to make against Chelsea. And the game is over, actually. It's finished and it's 1-1. Okay, um, so that that really scuppers United's chance of uh, of top four because oh, as as it stands right now, I believe you're now looking at Tottenham in third with seventy points. Um, that will put Chelsea uh, fourth on sixty eight, mm-hmm. Arsenal on sixty six, and Man United on sixty five. Yeah, and um, games quickly running out. I mean, the next two games, if they play as well as they did in the first half against Chelsea, you would expect them to beat the next two opponents, which are Huddersfield on the last day in Cardiff um, next week. However, will will it be enough? Because Chelsea are very much in pole position. That draw does 
suits Chelsea a lot better than it suits us. So here's the question. Is it all down to David De Gea? No, or, of course. Or, or, or no. Are we being unfair on him? Because he's actually the last line of defence mm -hmm. with a defence that, let's be honest, it, is not being shouted about with glory everywhere. And in fact, the whole of the team, but specifically the defence. And this has been ongoing all season. Yeah, it's been ongoing all season. And I saw a stat last week, actually, and it was about shots... Uh, goal attempts on goal faced during the season, and De Gea was something like he'd faced more than twice the amount of shots on goal that Allison had faced, and also Edison. Um, I think they were down; they were at like something like fifty. Which goes a long way to explain why Allison has become the first keeper to keep twenty clean yeah, sheets. Yeah, of course, in the they, he'd, he'd faced something like fifty. Uh, fifty shots on target, and this was possibly after the City game. I saw this start De Gea. Uh, had faced 122. So probably by now, after the City game in this, that's probably like 135. So his figures are not that terrible. Um, I think the problem was, if he was going to be dropped or rested, it possibly should have been done two or three weeks ago. Because everybody goes through losses of form. It's not a big deal. And we have got such a capable uh, replacement in Sergio Romero. However, I think an extra factor in this is, as we know, De Gea has not yet signed a new contract because um, he's after more money because Sanchez is getting, you know, three, four hundred, depending on what you read, three or four hundred thousand pounds for, for not really playing. Uh, and De Gea's not even on half that. So as it's time for him to be tied to a new contract, he's sort of thinking, look, I just want what Sanchez has got. And United are sort of stalling. So it's one of those things where is that an extra factor in Solskjaer keeping him in? Is he saying, look, I am being ultra loyal to you. We've got, uh, you're our goalkeeper long term. We do not want to sell you. Um, stay with us. And he's playing him perhaps when he should have been dropped. I think, and I think, had that not been an, a factor as well, I think he would have been dropped before now. And I, think he, I think he needs it. I think he just needs a bit of a rest. I mean, the thing is, it's Romero, isn't it? Your yeah, Sergio Romero. Argentina's he, number one. And he's very, very good as well. Mm -hmm. and, and although he's not had the opportunities, let's be fair, he's not had enough opportunities, but I can't remember Sergio Romero making a mistake and letting United down. Well, so you'd have to go back quite a long way. So when Van Gaal and De Gea, there was a bit of a problem. De Gea wasn't... Uh, signing a contract because I think he was after he, uh, assurances that the average team he was playing in, bearing in mind he's been one of, if not the best goalie in the world for three, four, five years. In most teams, he would be a real improvement on what they have. Um, so he could he could go almost anywhere. Any any side in Europe would yep. want him. Any side in England, going back three, four years ago, would definitely, definitely have wanted him. And Van Hal dropped him at the beginning of the season. He just said, I'm playing Romero. And United, I think, didn't concede a goal for the first four or five games. Everyone's going, oh, this is fantastic. Van Hal, what a great little thing he's done here. And Romero looks brilliant. He hadn't really faced a shot. Uh, and then in about the fifth or the sixth game, he made a couple of howlers. Uh, by then, De Gea was sort of getting the contract talks resolved, and De Gea has not really been out of the side since. Um, but Romero's not let us down in the FA Cup. Whenever he's played, he's made some mm -hmm. really important saves. So, uh, at this moment, it feels... What I admire from Solskjaer is he's he's shown real loyalty, and he firmly nailed his colours to the mast and said, you are my number one, and I, I will stand by you through thick and thin. And I think that's great, because at least he's gone... I am making a decision. Everybody knows what yeah. the decision is. But then that means he can't drop him then. 
It's kind of, you've got these tied yourself under yeah. a political knot. Yeah, Because you said, you're my number one. Yeah. And then if he goes and drops him, not only does he undermine, like, the relationship, but he undermines his opinion in the dressing room. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, 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 and his status. And that was the thing that was credited as being the, the change that you had this wonderful sort of three, four month period, mm -hmm. this great run that you had. Uh, and it was down to Solskjaer and the way he worked with the players. Now, that could be seen as, as, as a word that's used a lot in other other ways, but as an act of betrayal. So you're my number one yes, and then I'll drop you. Could be. Um, with the game you've probably seen, I can guarantee you saw the City United game midweek. Yeah. So still not the exact team that Solskjaer had the success with. And today with Herrera and Matic back, they look like they've performed quite... They look like they've really, really played well. And at least in the first half, and they, they were a bit unlucky. So, I think that's where De Gea slightly cost them today. And it's but the, the, you see the, the heads drop, well, the players. You see them throwing their arms up in the air, and see all the time. And you think, what well, shot didn't close down Silver against City? Yeah. He, he was a really good finish. That a really clever bit of play, like um, you know, the, the kind of thing that really good players do in five a side where there's not got the space and they just trick you mm. and you're like oh that was really really good and also like when when the actual shot went it didn't look like that was going to go in the silver shot no 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 and he's totally blindsided yeah. as well and he's expecting it to because silver's put a lot in the top left hand corner so he's probably mo much more expecting it there than a little cheeky toe poke three weeks Shaw's leg or under his leg and the same with this the second goal i mean there were so many options so many opportunities on the halfway line to, I think it was Sterling that was breaking forward and Fred could have knocked him over and Lingard could have knocked him over and they let him run about 60 yards with the ball and that's criminal defending. Again, it's a shot from inside mm. the box. You're expecting him to... He's got such high standards as well that you're almost expecting not what a normal goalie would do, you're expecting what De Gea at his peak would do and that's not fair either. But then it's not just him. It's Manchester United as a club it's the fans of Manchester United, and rightly so. They've got the right to expect that with the history mm -hmm. that you've got and the things that you've oh, achieved. Oh, no, for the money that they're on that. and yeah. the size of the club and, you know, the standard in that league, it's, uh, yeah, it's not, it, it hasn't been quite good enough. But if Solskjaer said, I'm sticking by him, and I think we can all go, do you know what, at least he's made a decision and he's made everyone aware of that decision and De Gea will come back. He's still very young for a goalie. Very, very young. Here, here is the problem that you're in. Now, you've had the perfect opportunity this week because all the teams that you're up against for this fourth and possibly at one stage third place spot mm -hmm. to get you in the Champions League guaranteed, they've all dropped points, right? Yeah, constantly. They've all. It's almost been like, dare I say it, all four teams involved have turned into Spurs because yeah, Spurs all, tend to do yeah. that. Like, last few games of the season just fall apart. Yep. And... So the, you're facing this situation, which pretty much uh, Mourinho predicted before he went. So actually, it's making it look more and more like Mourinho was just being honest and telling it like it is. People yeah, yeah. didn't like it, and that's why they got rid of him. And now it's panning out exactly the way that he said. Yes. Well, with, with hindsight, of course, it's like a wonderful thing, hindsight, isn't it? But the way we were playing under Mourinho, we would not even be close to being in this race. I think if he was still there, we'd pro probably still be below Wolves or something. We might be eighth or ninth. Um, but he was considered to be a huge problem, Mourinho. I don't think he played the press very well. I don't think his relationship with... The fans always stood behind Mourinho, to be fair. Yeah. Eh? Well, the match-going fans did. Online, it was a bit different. And I think a lot of the things he said um, have since 
because people stood behind, you know, especially if you're young, you love the players, and Pogba's he's an exceptional player. Uh, so you you see Pogba performing, and you think, oh, that's I prefer Pogba to Mourinho. Yeah. Um, but here's the thing: at the time, it was it was almost blamed by everybody outside the club because obviously we're not in it. It was seen that the reason why Pogba wasn't performing was because of this soured relationship between him and Mourinho. Yep. Mourinho taking away the captaincy, Mourinho throwing him out under the bus and hanging him out to dry a couple mm-hmm. of times. And then when Mourinho went, Solskjaer comes in, breath of fresh air. But we seem to be back at the same situation you were. Yeah, yeah. Before Solskjaer came in. Yeah, well, I think he, as I say, he's only just got his his preferred eleven back, and there is a bit of a drop off um, when from Matic when he, Matic is playing well to Fred. There's a huge difference in that defensive midfield role. Uh, the same with Herrera. I really like McTominay, but when Herrera's fired up, he does all those intangible things really well. So th- there was a big improvement. And, and, today. and I think today, the first time in about six or seven games, you've actually scored a goal from open play. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's another thing. Not been creating any chances, and it's just the lack of effort. I think that people so, have been bothered about. So th- then, I'm I'm just envisaging, and I'm not trying to make your day even worse, but the, the, it's looking unlikely now that you're going to qualify for the Champions League. Yeah, yeah, and I, I don't think that's with this squad. It, it's a huge, huge summer for United to see <clears throat> what we do to see if there's a plan. I don't think there's been a plan since Ferguson left. It, there doesn't seem to have been a football plan anyway. How are we going to play under David Moyes? Well, we start lumping the ball up uh, and we're relying on Fellaini. And we relied on Fellaini for way, way, way too long. Van Gaal, the the football was so bad. It was the worst football of the of all three or four managers we've had since Ferguson. Uh, it was so negative. It was really, really slow. Mourinho seemed like he'd got it right uh, at one point and when Ibrahimovic was playing well. The season after that, when Wikaki came, he was on fire. Um, and it was like, oh, this is good. It's going to be great. We actually finished second, got to an FA Cup final. Um, but then after that, he wasn't backed. He wasn't allowed to get a centre-half that he wanted. He never was allowed to get the right winger that we still haven't got a right winger. We've still not got a proper right full-back. Um, so what's going to happen with Solskjaer? He, he came in at Christmas and he wasn't allowed to spend any money in January. Um, yeah. Hopefully that's money that's being kept to, to totally to you know to revamp the squad but there's no you could buy eight nine ten players um and you could buy eight or nine ten absolute world-class players there's no guarantee they're going to gel because in the last the last six years have taught us anything Di maria yeah falcao sanchez a hundred million percent um even bits where you look at you know sometimes lukaku even sometimes pogba you could say look it that tactic hasn't worked just buying the best player that's available. And actually, available. some of the most successful players that have come in have been the untrendy, unpopular ones, like Fellaini was amazing for you. Well, yeah. he went, he in terms of the importance right. he was all right. that when he popped up in certain games and his performance and his goals. So here's the question for you now. So we spoke earlier to Colin and James, both City fans, uh, uh, Jason, sorry, Colin and Jason, and I asked them if City miss out on the league by a point, with the you know the, yeah, yeah, with the yeah. highest ever score and and not to win the league, and we don't win the FA Cup, will this season be seen as a as a disappointment? Yeah, and I think it definitely will. Okay, but to you, is there any way that this season cannot be a disappointment? No, no, it's been all the, the season when we got beat in December. I think it was possibly January uh, against Liverpool. 3-1 away, after we'd already been beaten 3-1 away a couple of weeks before by City, 
one of the worst defeats I've ever seen. The the Brighton, I think, second or maybe third game of the season. There was another horrific performance against Watford last week against Everton. All those games to happen in one season. Bear in mind, I'm I'm in my mid forties. I can remember. The first game I remember is 1979. I can only remember a couple of periods with as many terrible, terrible performances. And actually, when I've looked back, they didn't happen in one season. So that's from remembering back 30 years. I no, longer than 30 years, isn't it? 79, whatever that is, 40 years. Wow. I can't remember five as abysmal performances as those in one season. I can remember us being really bad. I remember when Ferguson took over and it looked like we were never going to win again. The difference was Ferguson came in and he'd been massively successful at Aberdeen with an unfancied side. Um, and he'd done it his way. He wanted to play a certain way. He wanted a certain type of player. And he, he was never going to be able to compete with Celtic and Rangers in the transfer market. Um, Solskjaer should be able to compete with City and Liverpool in the transfer market for one player, but maybe not for five or six. So he's going to have to do it a different way with with his own sort of style of players, and hopefully um, he can he can get it right. He's going to have to keep a lot of that team, though. You can't sign nine new players. You just nope. can't do it and expect a team to win. But this run that you're on is not very good. You've got two relatively easy games to end with. Huddersfield. Cardiff, Huddersfield. Cardiff, although Cardiff, depending on how they look like they're down, things might change. And if mm-hmm. it comes to the point where um, Brighton are facing City in the last game and Cardiff have got United, if there's just three points in it or there's a chance for them, there is a possibility yeah. they may go hell for leather. We've got Huddersfield last game, so Cardiff's okay. the one before right. that. So I think that could be a saving grace. I think Arsenal have still got one away game but I, I was thinking all along, I think Tottenham will get that third place. They were having a bit of a blip because of the Champions League semi, and understandably so, and they've lost so many players, uh, key, key players. I mean, how many teams in that league could do without Harry Kane and Sissoko? Not many, because those are two massive, massive players. So I always thought it was for fourth was between us and Chelsea, and today we played really well. We had a big chance to go level on points behind them on goal difference. Mm-hmm. Uh, with those two games that you mentioned to come, Cardiff, Huddersfield, anything could have happened. And also, as it was a head-to-head, we were 10 behind. If we'd have won 2-0, that's four off that goal difference. But not to be because of an error by De Gea. But we don't deserve, We don't actually deserve to be in the Champions League. We don't deserve it. Wow. That's, we don't. That's... It's been rubbish. It's been rubbish this season. It's been abysmal. But then there's a lot of United fans, and forgive me for saying this, but they see it as almost their birthright to be in the Champions League. Yeah, I think you know, if you're younger, and I can totally understand that because we dominated for 20 years. So of course, if if you're like if you're 20 or even 25 or something, all you've known is United win everything um, and be able to buy the best players. And also, it came from a position of power as well. That's the thing that City and, and even Liverpool have now got. They are playing well. So you can buy one player or you can buy two and just fine-tune. Or you can go, oh, do you know what? I'll buy a player um, who can be cover for Aguero. So Aguero doesn't have to play 45 games. He can play 25 or 30. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And whereas we're going, we need a new midfield, a totally new defence and possibly at least two forwards. Possibly even a goalie if De Gea goes. So it's, it's, it's not a great position to be in. I think you need a sit down after that admission. It's taken a lot out of you. Yeah. Um, and actually, speaking of uh, not deserving things, I'm going to talk about something very sportsmanlike that happened 
today and the championship. And we'll do that next on the Manchester Football Social. Manchester Football Social. Subscribe to the podcast now and never miss a show. Manchester Football Social. This is what we do every Sunday. In fact, the Manchester Football Social, you'll get it throughout the week if you're listening on the radio. You can also get it as a podcast. Just search for Manchester Football Social wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Ant McGinley. I'm a City fan. And with me in the studio is a man who's just made a shocking, startling admission. A Manchester United fan, Alex Boardman. Yeah, what was the admission? I've forgotten. <laughs> it was about six minutes ago. And we, I don't we don't. It, Manchester United do not deserve to be in the Champions League. That's not. I think it would be shocking if I said they did. <laughs> that's not shocking at all. They've been really, really bad this season. So let me give you a couple of uh, results to tell you what's happened this weekend. Yeah, go for it. Uh, and a classic example of how bad United have been uh, in pole position to beat Chelsea and, and go level on points. With uh, with Chelsea, and um, they drew one one. They were they absolutely controlling that game, and then the keeper made an error and thrown it all away. Uh, City, on the other hand, uh, in the chase to win the league, are now one point clear of Liverpool because they scored a goal uh, twenty nine millimeters over the line. Sergio Aguero scored to beat Burnley one nil. Uh, also in the studio with us right now is our regular sports journalist, our resident sports journalist, and long-suffering Portsmouth fan, <laughs> uh, Niall McCorn. Niall, Niall, how are you? Yeah, I'm good. Yeah, a bit tired. Like you say, long-suffering Pompey fan. I've trekked all the way up to Sunderland to watch the Pompey game yesterday, so I'm feeling a little bit tired. And was that a new ground for you? Yeah, not done Sunderland before. Because um, yeah, you, you came to the Etihad with me last week. Yeah, so I'm trying, I'm, now I'm based up north, obviously, in, in lovely Manchester. I'm trying to tick off as many grounds as I can. How many are you on? Uh, I think I'm at, that was 51 or 52 out of the wow. 92, so it's not too bad. I'm getting there. Creeping <laughs> up. Creeping up. Yeah, it'd be interesting. Anybody out there that can beat him, let us know and we'll put him down a peg or two. Oh, three, four, <laughs> five, treble one, 76, 25. So I, I wanted to talk about this. You, you just said about Manchester United not deserving to be in the Champions no, League. No, they don't. Right? No, as the full season's gone, they definitely don't. And as today unfolded in football, there was something that happened mm. and the manager felt they didn't deserve it. And Well, I'll let Niall tell the story. What is it with games involving Aston Villa this season? We had the fan running on the pitch yeah. and attacking Grealish. Now we've had this. So if nobody listening in saw this earlier obviously Leeds against Aston Villa a big game at the top end of the championship both sides now look like they're going to be in the playoffs well Leeds and Aston Villa definitely will be in the playoffs by yep. the looks of it um, Leeds needed to get a result to keep their automatic promotion hopes alive so it was always going to be a game played on edge really and what happened was uh, a ball came fizzing through the middle and Codger Jonathan Codger who's a striker for Aston Villa came to meet it came to meet it at the same time as a Leeds defender. Looked like he took a bit of a nasty knock. He was it was one of those where they go down yeah. and they hold the back of their knee or whatever yeah, straight. It looked bad, away. didn't it? It did and look bad. It wasn't theatrical or anything like that. So you thought, okay, something's not right here. And the game sort of went to a pedestrian pace after that. Hmm. It really slowed down. And everyone was like, okay, well the Leeds players are just going to knock the ball out of play because there's a player down injured. So the ball goes out to the Leeds left back and Game slows down. You think, okay, he's just going to roll it all out. The all the Leeds players had stopped players as well. Stopped. All the Villas. He faced to yeah. kick it out, didn't yeah, he? He, he looked, looked like, like he was going to. And the, the, the Aston Villa forward player stopped pressing a little bit and, yeah. and kind of slowed down and almost stood still. Anyway, Leeds ping a ball down the left-hand side and the, and the Leeds wide player then decides to break on goal. Cuts inside 
of uh, Tuan Zabi, of course, me, yep. on, on loan from Manchester United, who's had a great season, by yeah, the way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and possibly might be worth, some, <laughs> might be worth be a few appearances back. next yeah. season, for sure. But anyway, Leeds smashed the ball into the bottom corner. And straight away, Conor Hurahan for Aston Villa has grabbed... I can't remember the Leeds player who scored, forgive me, but Conor Hurahan for Aston Villa has grabbed this Leeds player because... It was extremely unsporting on the eye when you first watched it. Yeah. You thought, okay, there's a player down. It's almost like, you know, in cricket where the ball goes to a fielder and, oh, that's accidentally gone through my legs, you yeah, know, and they kind yeah. of accidentally field it and then they go, uh, well, you know, sort of they fake it and then pick the ball up and throw it back in to run the batsman out. Yeah. It was a bit like that. So the game slowed down and it was almost a bit like they kind of um, hoodwinked Aston Villa. And, and the goal went in, and so there was absolute carnage because the players of Villa were really angry, really upset. There was a lot of handbags going on, yeah. and um, eventually the the referee went over to the fourth official, John Terry, who's of course Aston Villa assistant manager, was giving it the last to Bielsa. Bielsa was giving it back, and eventually, after about six or seven minutes of deliberations and and handbags on the pitch. Bielsa decided that he was going to let Aston Villa... One of the Villa players got sent off yeah, in the melee. Yeah, he did. Of course he did, yeah. So there was a that. red card, yeah. which totally affected yeah, the Patrick game. Patrick Bamford went down like a, a sack of spuds, yeah, even did, though he didn't get touched. Yeah, not a touch on He him. wasn't touched at all, which is poor to see from Bamford, who's actually a very nice and very well-educated footballer, if you've ever heard him speak, um, which is a surprise to me. I didn't think he was that sort of guy. Anyway, so as you say, yeah, Mr. Sending Off, obviously, was a melee in there. And then Bielsa says... Let them score. Let them score. He's screaming it from the touchline. Yep. Give them the goal. Let them have a goal. And so Aston Villa from kickoff runs straight through the centre of the Leeds defence. Pontus Janssen, the big Swede, wasn't having any of it. No. He still tried to keep it out of the back of the net. <laughs> but Aston Villa eventually scored an equaliser after six minutes of waiting around and figuring out what was going on. The game was level. And obviously because Leeds drew, that meant Sheffield United had been promoted to the Premier League. Which means, because with that point, Sheffield United got oh, now an 88 points, which guarantees them the automatic promotion. And Leeds were just behind them. Now, had Leeds won that game... They would have been within two points with one game to play. With one game to so play, so it was all and on the line. Theoretically, and, yeah. and how much? How much is automatic promotion to the Premier League worth? Well, they say it's. They say the playoff final in the Championship is the richest game in football, don't yeah, they? Yeah, yeah. Because obviously you get your Wembley payday, and also you you get the the financial you know benefits of being in the Premier League with all the TV money at the moment so I mean that's massive but I mean after what happened with Bielsa earlier this season with the whole spy gate and sending someone to the Derby training ground supposedly to spy on Frank Lampard's training sessions people were levelling accusations at Bielsa saying he wasn't a sporting manager well I think that's that can be well, put correct now I, I applaud him for what he's done but I'm not a Leeds fan I'm also not the owner of Leeds United and I imagine there's a very different feeling and opinion in if those camps right no, now. No, no, if that goal would have But this is the stood. thing, right? This is the thing. There's there's sportsmanship and then there's what you get taught as a footballer. And I always get taught, or I always did get taught, to play to the whistle. Mm -hmm. Now, there's this rule in football, isn't there, that if there's a head injury... The game stops. Yes. The ball goes out of play. It's sporting. You see it a lot. Well, the rest was the whistle. United, he doesn't even, yeah, didn't yeah. even go out of play. The rest was the United Chelsea game just now. Yeah. He put the ball out of play when yeah. someone was down injured. Kodja was down injured, holding the back of his back of his leg. Wasn't a head injury, so the referee doesn't stop the game. Game goes on and Leeds score. Now, if we're talking by the letter of the law, there's absolutely nothing wrong with the way Leeds scored no. that goal. And it should have stood. And it did stand. The referee made the right call. It's exactly like what happened when Llorente scored with, with his arm in the Champions League for, against Manchester City. 
It's a handball, in my opinion, but according to the rules, his arm's in a natural position by his side, the goal stands. Yeah. By the letter of the law. So this is the toss-up between common sense and being sporting. But then at the same time, there was no way in that situation, even if uh, Pochettino saw that and thought that was unfair, that Pochettino was going to go, just let City go and score the other end. The stakes are too high. There's no way. But the stakes stakes are high high for Leeds fans. This is what I mean. The stakes are so high, and yet he's still taking it upon himself to say... Let's let Aston Villa go I, on and score a goal. I slightly disagree in the fact that when the centre-half for Leeds passed it to the, the left-back, he looked. The the play had effectively stopped because he turned in the most unnatural position. He wasn't like facing anything but the it dugout. It just looked weird. He was gonna clearly going to kick it out. And then for some reason, he just went, oh, I'll just, I'll just kick it down the lane. Even possibly to give that left-back the benefit of the night. He might have thought, there's an open player further on, I'll let him kick it out down there, and Villa can just throw it back to their keeper, everybody play on. But possibly, to, I don't I don't think that... I think, I think the right outcome. I think it was the right it. outcome. But I, th- I mean, but if you're talking, like I was saying, with the Urente thing, with this, the letter of the law, I mean, referees aren't afforded common sense. I'm not being no, surprised if his assessor well, had a go at him With more it. technology coming in as well, sure. that, that, that's, that's going to be gone. It's going to be a thing of the past. Guys, um, we're out of time. Manchester Football Social. Subscribe to the podcast now and never miss a show. So, there we go. Um, Nile's got a quiz. It's usually me that does the quiz, so this I'm quite excited about this. I well, get to like, do you know what the difference with this quiz will be? We know all the answers will be factually correct. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not ever 100% convinced you've done the research. You just say that because you've never had one on one of them. I got one question right last week, I believe. You got, you got, I think you got two. No, right? you, now I got it right and you okay. gave me the point for right, some okay. reason. All right. It's kind of a quiz. It's just more stats. I was looking into stats. I was doing like, sometimes on a Sunday, I like to have a little look and see who's doing what. <laughs> you know, while, uh, while just, the football's on, whilst Man United are boring me to tears... Do, with their boring football. <laughs> Niall currently doesn't have a girlfriend, if you can't tell from that. <laughs> Niall, what was it you tweeted last week about the grass? Oh, yeah, Deso Grassmaster. <laughs> a bit of that, don't they? He did a tweet about grass on a Saturday night. Pitches being half. Oh, right, that kind of grass. Half real grass. Right, okay. Yeah, don't, I don't touch the other grass. <laughs> not, that, not my sort of thing. Anyway, let's get into this quiz because I was watching the game earlier today and Ashley Young got a yellow card. Yes. And I thought, you know what? Ashley Young gets booked a lot. Mm-hmm. The players in the Premier League that are still playing currently, all-time yellow cards. Can you name the top three? Oh, that still play currently. All right. <sighs> Any of the top three. It's, it'd be like, um, what's the game called? With uh, Pointless. No, 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 no. Where the buzzers. Family Fortunes. Oh, yeah, so It's like, yeah. you know, you can get any of the top five. <laughs> All right, you might win a prize. Okay, uh, uh, let me go first. <laughs> go on. James Milner. Oh. No. I was yeah. going oh. for Milner. No. I, I mean, I was no. basing that purely in just, like, the length of time he's been playing. Yes. So, um, Gareth Barry has the most of all time in the Premier League. Then it's Wayne Rooney. But who's still playing? Who's in the top three? And there's, Mil- Who's been playing for a long time? Your guess, your guess. I, I, know, I know one because I saw it on his paper. Go on, then. And I know it. No. <laughs> I read it though. I didn't. I'm well, then don't say it. Go for another one. Uh, that's what I'm trying to do, and I can't think of any other place. <laughs> He's seen it. I now. mean, <laughs> I think he, I'm thinking he could possibly be Ashley Young. He's been in the league a long time since Watford. It I, is? I'm going to go for Ashley Young. Correct. I thought you just said that, Ashley Young at the beginning. Yeah, he so did. He Ashley did. Young's third with 66. I know yeah, he's, but you, but I know you, he's you, top. No, yellow you told, cards. You told us that was. I, I didn't think there's someone else oh, right, level okay. with Ashley right, Young. He never said that. He never said that. Vinnie Company. No. I'll give you a clue. Shall I give him a clue? This also, is the one I saw. Go on. Um, 
So last season, they were the most, the team with the most bookings and they just beat Tottenham this weekend. Two plays for that team. What noise does a tumbleweed make? <laughs> hang on, hang on. <laughs> That's his brain working. Yeah. But, yeah. The, but the thing is, there's a completely new West Ham team now compared to last season. Yeah, but there's West one positions. player who's been in that team a long time. Is it Collins? James Collins? No. Oh. Do you, want me to, do you want me to let you Pot into it? He's misery. It is Mark Noble. Oh, of course. He has he, 76 yellow cards. I'm pretty sure as well, Mark Noble has been West Ham's longest playing player every season for 10 seasons. Could well be true. Mm. I, didn't, I didn't look into that. Because, because I think when he, they cleaned out the team when he broke through, they cleaned everyone out and he was the youth player that had gone through. And so everyone else that has come in is coming after him. So he's always been the longest serving player for like 10 seasons. So Mark Noble is number one of current players still playing in the league. 76 yellow cards. Uh, Phil Bardsley is second. Of course, Burnley player. He's got 71. Third, Ashley Young with 66, which is interesting because he's a winger. He was. Really? For the last five or six years, he's played interesting. And level with Ashley Young, Pablo Zabaleta, also 66, yellow cards. Is there there a... um, And obviously you get a suspension when you get... Is it five yellow cards now? Yeah, before November, I believe, I think, if you get Um, five yellows. Is there a fine as well that comes from the FA or just that it's imposed by the club? I don't think you get a fine. I think it's if you get 10 yellows in a season, then you get a longer ban and then you may get a fine for that. (laughs) I was going to say, if you get that many, you end up going to play for Rangers. Was the (laughs) first he's had five Morelos. Yeah, he loves a red card. Anyway, next one. Big chances, big missed chances is apparently a stat you can look into now. Okay. um, Along with all these expected goals and all that sort of stuff. So this season, in the top 10... There are three Manchester-based players. Do you know who they are? Well, that, I've, I, that I've had chances and not scored. Missed. Big yeah. missed chances. Who's As, in the top when you say, ten? When you say big, uh, the most. Big missed chances. So who's in the top ten of the most big missed chances? When you say big, I don't mean no, sure what you mean. The, I think so. Should be chances. should be a goal. Oh, you, 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 they should score. Okay, uh, Sterling. No. I would be surprised if there's a United player in there because we've created so few chances. However, beginning of the season. First six games, Lukaku missed open net after open net, one-on-one. I'm going to say Romelu Lukaku. You got it. I mean, I was basing it on the fact that Sterling was taking so many shots. So Lukaku is fourth in the top 10 for this season of big missed chances. He has missed 15 big chances. I'd be surprised if maybe Rashford as well, possibly. Well done. Another one. Wow. 14. He's seventh with 14 big missed chances, but... There's another Manchester-based player. Are they a City player? They are. They're a City player. Okay, so just because he's not scored as many... Uh, it's an I, obvious I, one, yeah, I think I, I'm, I'm going to hate myself for doing it, especially if I'm wrong. Uh, <laughs> Maris. No, <laughs> it's not. It's Gabriel Jesus. I, I, that was my first thought. 17, 17. Big oh, missed chances. No. He's number three in the top 10. So we go to the final category. Goalkeeper saves this season. Can, we, can we just stop for a second? This is miles better than any quiz you've done. <laughs> it just feels like a real thing. <laughs> is this because you're winning? Yes, but also because it's like actual answers and not something that happened in a Bolivian B team game. But that's, you know what I mean? But the thing is, like, you, you can find this easily by just looking at a table of numbers. Whereas my quiz is more interesting. It's good stories you can tell down the pub. Yeah, but this is this is more like it. <laughs> well, I've gone for top four on this one. Okay. So with everyone trying to get into the top four: United, Chelsea, Arsenal, Tottenham, 
every team trying to get into the top four. Sure. No one wants it. Mm-hmm. Everyone keeps losing. So who is in the top four of saves this season for goalkeepers? For any club in the Premier any League. Any club in the Premier League. Tom Heaton. Tom Heaton is not. Oh, he's not playing Remember, because he was injured. Remember yeah. that. So it's the, not Tom Heaton. Do you mean saves made? Saves made at, before today's fixture. De Gea. Before De Gea would be number one. De Gea is fourth. With oh, 109 wow. saves, which shows how poor Manchester United's defence has been this yes. season. Yes, the fact that he's had to make 109 saves. Someone's got 110 saves, who's in third. Also has United links. Who is it? Ooh. Um, oh, no, sorry. Yeah, the old United goalie. What's it called? Oh, think, 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 think. <laughs> I, we should be able to pa- Can we pause and edit this? <laughs> yeah. I, I saw him on with the other do, 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 do. So he's not Tom Heaton, who also has United Wings. Hang on, just for, uh, just for the tension. Oh, he's left-footed. <laughs> Foster, Foster. Yes, Ben Foster, Foster is third with 110. The top two, can you name who they are? Made the most saves. Made the most saves. Think about... Jordan Pickford. Not Jordan Pickford. <sighs> Brighton's goalie? Nope. Huddersfield's goalie? No. no. Oh, what? F- uh, not Watford. Wolves? What's no. it called? No, you can go for every team. <laughs> top, Fabianski with 133 for wow. West Ham United. And in second place, Neil Etheridge for Cardiff with 120 I, saves. I think wow. Which Etheridge means is a cracking keeper, actually. David De Gea, before today's fixtures, has only made 11 less saves than Cardiff's keeper, Neil yeah. Etheridge. And Cardiff are pretty much going to go down. Yeah. So that just goes to show you the defensive problems Manchester United have. But anyway, good quiz. I think Alex was the winner there. So well, congratulations. See, this is the quality <laughs> that this is how we should end every episode with a with a real genuine item <laughs> of value. I'll, I'll try not to take that and personally. still scratching his head over what big missed chances <laughs> yeah, yeah. you're not really so good, so you say big you mean <clears throat> I give up. So you're not here next week. No. This is this is the major mess up that I made so I'm I'm going away for my and I hope he's not listening because we're in the surprise but it's my dad's 70th so um, we, 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 we've sent him on holiday but he doesn't realise we're all flying out to see him so he's going for two weeks and we're going out for a week brilliant and um, it just so happens that I am um, I'm flying out <laughs> well I'm missing I'm missing next week for another reason but it's the week after which is the last day of the season last day of the season which it looks like quite clearly everything's going to be decided yeah, potentially yeah. the relegation the last place Definitely whoever wins the league and probably um, who's getting into the Champions League. All going to be decided. All the games are three o'clock kickoff. I get on a plane that takes off at 2.30. And I don't <laughs> I land. Know. I don't wow. land until about six o'clock. And the problem is it's a cheap flight. So it's not even got the option for internet on there. So I'm just going to be stuck, like trapped, unbeknownst. So worse for me is if, let's say, City do lose it on the last day uh, and Liverpool win. So I won't be ec- ecstatic that Liverpool have won it. But the one consolation I was always going to have was that I could have spent an hour mocking you. Well, <laughs> trying to get you to cry. I won't even be able to do that. Well, the thing is, what you can do is, because you know what it's like when you go abroad, it takes you a while to find a SIM card or somewhere with Wi-Fi. So I'm just dependent on text messages. Do you not think that's so- better, though? Rather than putting yourself through it and your tickers going and you're nervous and your hands are sweaty and you think, are we going to do it? You don't actually have to watch the whole game. You just get off and you look at your phone and you go... Oh, we lost. Yeah, but then I then no, I don't because the first text boring, message, but... the first text message I get will be off him, and I don't trust him. Should we get some old footage of someone scoring an own goal? <laughs> or just have like big thumbs up yeah. like that dancing? Take like a picture of the Liverpool yeah. Champions League celebrations <laughs> in two thousand and five, <laughs> and then to top it off as well, right? The the flight back 
is the day after the cup final, so I missed that as well. Oh, dear. You need to plan this, but you need to just sack your dad off and say, well, <laughs> it's only your 70th birthday, you've got plenty more to come. I'd just be, I'd just be like that, Dad, you're looking a bit peaky, maybe you shouldn't go away. <laughs> maybe we should just have a quiet night in. <laughs> Manchester Football Social. Subscribe to the podcast now and never miss a show.